Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. Spring is my favorite time to start a new workout routine. With the weather warming up, it feels easier to get into the rhythm of things. Whether you have 20 minutes or an hour for a Pilates class or outdoor guided walk, Peloton has everything you need to help you get going. Get a head start on summer with Peloton at OnePeloton.com. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. This week's episode is brought to you by DB. DB is a Scandinavian brand that makes backpacks and bags to help people on the move stay ready for anything. From the streets to the peaks... DB's gear is travel-tested by some of the world's best athletes, adventurers, and creators. Over the past decade, DB has designed and developed, released, and refined the best bags in the market. With DB's patented hookup system, you are able to attach smaller products to your backpack, roller, or tote. I am teaming up with DB to exclusively offer listeners 10% off your next purchase by using the code POD10. That's P-O-D-1-0, or just go to the link in the show notes. DB, it's time to move on, time to get going. Let's start the show. What's up, listeners? Welcome to another episode of Thinking Outside the Boombox, your number one source for hip-hop and R&B news. My name is Ahmad, and I'm your host. It is Sunday, October 3rd, and I'm very excited to be back with another episode of Thinking Outside the Boombox. I've got an exciting episode for you this week. In the Dig Deeper segment, I will be discussing Kanye West's Donda album. I finally listened to Kanye West 10th studio album and I have a lot of thoughts, but before I get into that, I will be giving you a song of the week and keeping you up to date on all the hip hop and R&B news that occurred since the last episode in the press play segment. Now, you want to stay up to date on everything I talk about in this episode, you're going to want the podcast newsletter. Go to thinkingoutsidetheboombox.com on the homepage. There is a box for you to enter your email address. You submit that and you will get the podcast newsletter in your inbox every time there is an episode. Or you can go to the newsletter tab on thinkingoutsidetheboombox.com and all of the podcast newsletters are there. But any music video, performance, album that I talk about, there will be links to that in the podcast newsletter. So you definitely want to check that out. So without any further ado, let's jump right into the song of the week. The song of the week for this week is by Chicago's own Vic Mensa. 
Um, Vic Mensa released a new song. Um, I don't know if this means he's got a, an album coming because he did already release like an EP earlier this year. But the song is called The Taste. Um, it features BJ the Chicago Kid and Poppy Beats. And it's the tone and the, 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 the way the song sounds kind of takes me back to like internet tape Vic Mensa like when when Vic was like on the rise and like the music he was making back then I think is, is very similar to like the nostalgic tone that that Chance was making like it was you know it was youthful it was exuberant it was it was free you know what I mean um and that's the kind of energy that chance brought to like acid rap and kind of carried over into coloring book and this new song the taste which is named after the taste of chicago is a real like breezy summertime uh song with bj on the hook and it's it's just really dope and for anybody who's from chicago all of the references make that nostalgia hit even more it's just a dope song um and also a really dope song to drop as, you know, as summer has ended. You know, I honestly, this would have went crazy if he dropped it uh, back in June or July. But I think the summer vibes and, you know, just the, the overall tone of the song are really dope. And, you know, I'm interested to see if Vic is going to release a project that's you know, similar to these sounds, like maybe he's taking it back to the type of projects he used to make. Cause you know, he's done a lot of experimenting. He made that punk rock album. Like he's, you know, stepped outside of his comfort zone a lot. So it'd be interesting to see if he, you know, returns home, uh, so to speak. But the song of the week for this week is the taste featuring BJ, the Chicago kid and poppy beats by Vic Mensa. Uh, let's jump right into the press play segment. Welcome back to Thinking Outside the Boombox. It is now time for the Press Play segment. Um, This segment is normally broken into three parts. Things that you should check out. The rumor mill and the announcements and the upcoming and recently released albums. So let's start with the things that you should check out. First up, a lot of new music released uh, since the last episode. Um, Wale, who is getting ready to release... Um, his next album, Falarin 2, um, has released a new single with J. Cole called Poke It Out. It's a real, you know, it's the type of song that's like meant to be like a radio single, you know, a radio promotional single. Like it's not going to be the best song on the album, but, you know, it's got J. Cole in it. So it's going to give it that visibility because J. Cole's having a huge year and, you know, seeing two lyricists like Cole and Wale link up is always exciting um but it's a you know it's a nice fun track um and I imagine that Falarin 2 is going to bring a lot more heat but definitely check that out Lupe Fiasco dropped off a new song called Big Energy um Showtime is doing a documentary um about Dick Gregory and the soundtrack um, features this new song by Lupe and in the song Lupe is basically talking about Dick Gregory and is kind of honoring him. So, you know, it's dope to see that Lupe still rapping and he's he's still got bars on top of bars like homie is still a dope lyricist. So check out his new song. 
J. Cole dropped off a new song and music video called Heaven's EP. Um, a lot of people have been getting inspired by the beats from Certified Lover Boy. You know, Lupe um, uh, did a freestyle over Champagne Poetry, and now J. Cole has done a freestyle over Pipe Down. And it's really dope, and everybody's been talking about it because this is the song where Cole was like, um, they tried to throw the bronze at me, like, but behind Drake and Kendrick, them dudes are superstars to me, yada, yada. Basically kind of like saying that, yo, Drake and Kendrick are bigger than me. Although, you know, it could be argued whether he was saying they were better than him. But then there was that uh, J. Cole's on tour right now, and he brought out Drake, and literally Drake on stage um, was like, yo, I know you made that song, and you were talking about throwing the bronze, but he basically complimented him and was like, just know that you were one of the best rappers to do this, and like everybody knows that. Basically bigging him up. So, you know, I thought that was tight. Um, but yeah, Cole was flowing over this pipe down beat. It honestly it honestly sounds like he needed to be on it in the first place. Um so yeah, check out um, that new song. Common dropped off a music video for his song "When We Move," which features Black Thought, um, and I think who else was in it? Sean Cootie, I think. Um, it's dope. It's got like an old school dance party vibe to it um, that really fits the I think the the vibe that the song gives off. So that was dope. Uh, a new music video. So the I I had no no idea about this. So. There's a new show called Queens that I think premiering on October 19th on ABC. It's about four women who play four 90s hip hop legends uh, now in their 40s and they're trying to like reclaim their fame. Um, the four women are played by Eve, Brandy, Natori Naughton, and Nadine Velasquez. And all of the original music in the show is performed by them and executive produced by Swiss Beats. So, you know, I'm interested to see the, the fact this is on, AB, on ABC is, is interesting because it's like, huh, this is an interesting show to be on, like, network TV. Um, but they released a new music video, like, within the show. Like, I think it's supposed to be, like, the music video for the, the artists in the show because they all have different names and, you know, they're all rapping. Um, but it's it's really it's really cool. Um, it's called Nasty Girl. So you get to see Natori Nodden and Brandy <laughs> rapping and Eve. You know, it's not a surprise to see her rapping. But um, it was just an interesting it was an interesting watch. So definitely check out uh, Nasty Girl, the new music video and song um, by the Queens from ABC. Um, Callie Yukis dropped off a new version of her song Fue Major or Fue Major, um, this time featuring SZA and the music video is incredible and SZA singing Spanish with Caliuchas is incredible. It's a dope, dope song and a dope video, so check that out. And then finally, Lil Sims made her US TV debut on The Tonight Show with Jimmy Fallon where she performed Woman. She killed it. The background singers killed it. Definitely check out anything Lil Sims does. She is incredible. Rumor mill in the announcements. You probably saw that uh, the halftime show for this year's Super Bowl, or technically next year's Super Bowl in February, which is taking place in Inglewood, California. It's Super Bowl 56, I believe. And the halftime show is Dr. Dre, Mary J. Blige, Snoop Dogg, Eminem, and Kendrick Lamar. That's wild. That's, that's such a huge lineup for the halftime show. 
You know, we were waiting when Jay-Z and Rock Nation uh, got in this partnership with NFL to handle the halftime shows. We were kind of waiting for it to bear fruit, and it's it's bearing a lot of fruit right now. So I'm excited to see that. Uh, speaking of Snoop Dogg, Snoop Dogg announced a new al- uh, album called Algorithm coming out in November. Um, the Alchemist legendary producer said that Earl Sweatshirt has an album coming and it's incredible. So I'm excited to hear that. Rap City is returning to BET. You know, Rap City, the basement is a cultural institution in hip hop, you know, with all of the freestyles that took place down there. And I'm excited that it's returning. Um, It'll be interesting to see how they can kind of remake the show for modern times. So I'm excited for that. Uh, Lil Bibby says that a Juice WRLD documentary is set to air this year. Uh, Tim's. Uh, said that she has another Drake collab coming on her upcoming album next year. So we're going to be getting more Tim's and Drake in 2022. You know, on Drake's Certified Loverboy album, he had that song Fountains. Tim's is the one featured in that. Um, speaking of Drake and Certified Loverboy, it's officially sold over a million units. So it's platinum after three weeks in the number one spot on the Hot 100, or sorry, on the Billboard 200. Um, speaking of records, Old Town Road is officially the first single ever to go 15 times platinum. Like 10 times platinum is diamond, but like at a certain point, I think they might have to make a new designation if it gets to 20. Like you got to make a brand new thing and give it to Lil Nas X. Like that's really dope. So shout out to him. Uh, J. Cole's Dreamville Festival, um, is happening. It got canceled last year. But it is happening April 2nd and the 3rd, a two-day event in Raleigh, North Carolina next year. Tickets are available now, so get that. Tiana Taylor confirms that she is indeed retiring and she's going on a farewell tour. Um, 12 Cities starts November 7th in San Francisco through November 30th in ATL. There's probably going to be some more dates. Tickets available now. And the Fugees are going on their first international tour in 25 years. Kicks off in Chicago on November 2nd through December 18th in Ghana. Tickets available now. Uh, Upcoming and recently released albums. uh, On the 24th, Anthony Hamilton released his album Love is the New Black. It's incredible. Check that out. Nail released And Then Life Was Beautiful. NBA Youngboy released Sincerely Contrail. Just this past Friday, Lil Wayne and Rich the Kid released a collab project called Trust Fund Babies. Meek Mill dropped off Expensive Pain. Um, I listened to it and like I know that Meek Mill is is a great rapper, but I listened to the entire project and it just didn't move me like it. It wasn't it didn't do anything more than any of his previous projects did. And I don't understand it because he's I I know he's a really good rapper. Like I can hear that. But the project just didn't do it for me. Um, Loot from Dreamville is dropping off an album called Goldmouth on the 4th, which is actually tomorrow if you're listening to this on Sunday, October 3rd. So I'm excited about that. Don Oliver, uh, his Life of a Don album comes out on the 8th. James Blake's Friends That Break Your Heart album releases on the 8th. On the 15th, Mac Miller's Faces mixtape will be re-released on streaming. Young Thug's Punk album also coming on the 15th. And on the 22nd, Wale's Forlorn 2 album will be released. Um, So that is it for the Press Play segment. I'm going to take a short break and then I'll be right back with the Dig Deeper segment. 
Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Spring is my favorite time to start a new workout routine. With the weather warming up, it feels easier to get into the rhythm of things. Whether you have 20 minutes or an hour for a Pilates class or outdoor guided walk, Peloton has everything you need to help you get going. Get a head start on summer with Peloton at OnePeloton.com. Welcome back to Thinking Outside the Boombox. It is now time for the Dig Deeper segment. So, let's talk Kanye West's Donda. Um, Donda, honestly, has probably been one of the most talked about albums of the past three years. You know, it's hard to believe that it's Kanye's 10th studio album, um, but that's also partly because I've pretended that his last two albums haven't existed. (laughs) Um, He teased this album for a long time. Uh, It underwent multiple name changes, but when he finally settled on Donda... An album that's named after his late mother and an album that promised to incorporate the many musical changes that Kanye apparently underwent over the past few years. It easily became his most highly anticipated album. But in typical Kanye fashion, the rollout was not smooth. He teased multiple dates and then did not deliver the album. He held a listening session in Atlanta and then Vegas and then Chicago with the album expected to be released after each listening session to no avail and with the songs played at the listening sessions changing after each session he was clearly using these listening sessions almost as focus groups to test the album Um, he worked on the album in real time with dozens of collaborations not actually making the final project but the album has received rave reviews from fans uh, more than I've heard for any Kanye album in a very long time, probably since Yeezus. At the same time, the critics seemed underwhelmed. I listened to the excessively long Donda last week with its nearly two-hour runtime, and I went into these listening sessions aiming to be a tough critic, primarily because of the mostly unaddressed antics that Kanye has pulled over the last half decade, but also because in the same time period, Kanye stopped making music that was really worth all the hassle. 
So I have some thoughts about the album as a whole, um, but I also picked like 13 to 14 songs out of the 27 song album that I think are actually worth your time and are impressive in different ways. And I grouped them by theme. And that's not to say that, you know, the other, you know, 14 or so songs on the album are all bad. Some of them are pretty unremarkable, but others are fine. But these 14 are the most memorable to me. So I want to start with that and then I'll give my thoughts on the album as a whole. So, um, you know, like Certified Lover Boy by Drake, artists are going to come correct when being featured on a Kanye album. The visibility alone is worth it. And for me, the features and the gospel components of this album are the best parts. I feel like it's the most thematically coherent album Kanye has released in a long time. And so I broke up the songs that I thought were really good into four categories. There's hip hop, there's the spectacle or the soundscapes, there's gospel, and then there's the personal and vulnerable tracks. So let's start with hip hop. And the first one is Off the Grid featuring 5-0-4 and Playboy Cardi. And now these tracks, the tracks in this category are the ones that are like the most hip hop. Um, of all the songs because there's a lot of stylistic things going on in this album and so I kind of had to group it that way so uh, on Off The Grid Playboy Cardi did what he does on this song he's I'm not coming to this song for Playboy Cardi but 5-0 Foreign turned in possibly the best verse of his career on this song I have never heard him rap like this before it's the type of verse that makes people tune into your solo work and that's how you nail a feature also, Kanye rapped his ass off on this song. 5 Yo rapped like 64 bars and Kanye matched that energy. Like his verse makes you want to hear more. Now, it's important to note that there was a Pusha T reference track leaked for this song um, where, you know, Pusha had written some of the, the verses kind of like giving Kanye a guide in what to do, you could say. Um, so it makes you think twice every time we got a dope Kanye verse on this album. It's like, is this Kanye or did, was there a reference track for this? Um, and this isn't new news. Like people have been, I guess it's been common knowledge that um, Kanye doesn't always write everything for every song. He has a lot of people that he works with and sometimes he gets reference tracks. And interestingly enough, if you remember from... 7 a.m. on Bridal Path, the song that Drake dedicated to Kanye um, on his certified Lover Boy album, he actually says, like, in like, I want to say, like, the first minute of the song, he was like, uh, You boys reaching new lows, letting me take the wrath of that Casper the Ghost shit while you finding all the loopholes, you niggas move too cold. And he like Casper the Ghost, like the ghost writing, referring to when Drake got the wrath for people for Meek accusing him of ghost writing and then Pusha T took off with that and Kanye. Meanwhile, Kanye's doing the same thing. Um, so it's you know, it seems to be clearly well known within the musical circles, but it's it's clearly leaked out past that at this point. But anyway, shout out to Five Year Foreign for de- destroying his verse. Um, Hurricane featuring The Weeknd and Lil Baby. Honestly, most of the truly hip-hop songs were carried by the features. Like Kanye was in curator mode. He linked with the hottest artist in the game right now for this album. Kanye's verse was decent on Hurricane, but The Weeknd giving peak 
weekend vibes on the hook and then another dope little baby verse makes this one a must listen um praise god featuring travis scott and baby keem travis scott and baby keem are two of the hottest artists that are clear graduates from the school of kanye and putting both of them on a song together was a great idea especially considering the success of their last uh collaboration do rag activity they both went crazy over some incredible production and the sampling of Donda West's voice from one of her speeches was a nice touch, especially with the way it ended up being worked into the beat. So this was a dope song as well. And honestly, this and, and Off the Grid, probably the most hip hop songs on the album. Uh, Keep My Spirit Alive featuring, I don't know how to say her name. I'm going to guess it's KC um, and then also West Side Gun and Conway the Machine from Griselda. Like, name a hotter group in rap right now than Griselda. West Side Gun and Conway on a track with Kanye is another example of Kanye tapping who we respond to as fans and getting them on the album. The wit and the wordplay in Kanye's verse kind of took me back to first three albums, Kanye, but it wasn't anything too special. And so those four tracks are the the hip-hop Uh, specific tracks that I think are worth listening to. Let's jump into the spectacles or the soundscapes. This category um, represents the songs that are impressive because of the moment that they create or just because sonically they were insane. Like we already know Kanye is one of the best producers of all time. And sometimes he's going to create a soundscape that is just like too good to pass up. So let's start with Jail featuring Jay-Z. It's the first actual song on the album after the intro track. It's just uh, Selena Johnson saying Donda's name like 50 times. But Jail is a spectacle because it's the first time that Jay-Z and Kanye have been featured on a song together since Pop Style by Drake in 2016. And the first song that they've been on together that wasn't just a feature since 2012's Click. Before that, it was Watch the Throne. The song itself is definitely mad catchy. The harmonies and the hooks are dope, but Jay-Z's presence is the talk of this song. The fact that he recorded this four hours before the first listening session is actually kind of telling because it's not the best Jay-Z verse you ever heard. Um, And the fact that he shouted out and even claimed the throne in this verse. And he had that line where he said, told Kanye to stop all that red cap. We going home. It makes me think that he saw something and Kanye to make him repair that relationship because it seemed like they were done for good, right? Like over the past few years and all the antics, it seemed like Jay-Z and Beyonce were certainly distancing themselves from Kanye. But the fact that he's back on a song with him makes me think that he had to have seen something, right? I don't know. But, you know, the reuniting of the throne is enough to make this a spectacle and the song is catchy enough. Heaven and Hell This song belongs in this category strictly for the sample that Kanye used and the way that he used it. His verse was solid, but the sample is a song called Heaven and Hell is on Earth by the 20th Century Steel Band, which is a literal steel band from Trinidad. Um, And the sample of that song was incredible. The way it was built into the beat, like the production value reminded me of how that 21st Century Shishoid Man sample was used in power. It's just a really dope, you know, production technique. So that's why Heaven and Hell made this off of the soundscape. 
Moon featuring Don Tolliver and Kid Cudi. This is a soundscape for sure. Don Tolliver was the MVP of this song, delivering some incredible vocals to give this song the energy it needed. I didn't know he had it in him. This song will have you floating in a new dimension, add in those Cuddy vocals, and even Kanye's crooning over a beat that sounds like it's straight off Chance's coloring book or a Francis and the Lights album, and you've got a beautiful composition of sounds. So that's Moon featuring Don Tolliver and Kid Cuddy. Then you got Pure Souls featuring Roddy Rich and Shinsia. Um, Roddy Rich's voice by itself is a damn soundscape. So add in some vocals by Jamaican dancehall artist Shinsia and the most radio-friendly production on the album. This song could be nothing short of a vibe. And then finally, in the spectacle and soundscapes, is Believe What I Say featuring Buju Banton. This one is a spectacle for Kanye getting the Lauryn Hill doo-wop sample cleared and using it so... Um, so I don't, I don't even know what the word is. Like he used it so heavily, like it's, it's an in your face sample. It's not hidden. It's like, it's the main, you know, kind of driving melody of the song. Um, and it's really good. He also got a sample of good morning from graduation in there as well. Kanye on a soul sample is a legendary combination at this point. This song is all about the vibe, and it reminds me of the life of Pablo Kanye with the bouncy way he's singing and flowing. It's a really well-constructed track. So then there's the gospel category. You know, Kanye, you know, dropped off, you know, he went complete gospel and dropped off his Jesus is King album a couple years back. Um, And he, he created the Sunday service choir. You know, he was going around doing those Sunday services with his choir and they were just doing like covers of R&B music and gospel music. Um, And so he's got, you know, he's, he's literally got a a whole choir on like some Kirk Franklin type shit. Like he, (laughs) it's the Sunday service choir, like it's Kanye's choir. Um, And they're really good. All of the like gospel songs um, that I really like from this album, I think are because of them. So let's start with 24. This is my favorite song on the album, and I honestly can't stop listening to it. As much as I paid no attention to Kanye's Sunday service stuff in his peak Trump supporter days, I take nothing away from the choir that he created and crafted. They sound majestic, like a chorus of voices that sound as good together as the ones that Kirk Franklin creates. He also adds some processing to their voices in the album that makes them sound literally otherworldly. Um, He uses the choir like any other instrument he employs on the album. They handle most of the heavy lifting on this track, but their voices combined with the organs and even Kanye's yearning singing sound so good together. And the fact that it's dedicated and about Kobe Bryant really gives the song some added power. And this is legit a song that could be sung during the worship worship portion of a church service. Like, no lie. Like, it's it's actually gospel. <laughs> you know, I was when I heard about his Jesus King stuff, like I was curious, like how gospel is it actually like? Is he just like got some choirs and he's got like a or it's not a choir? Does he just have some like gospel chords, some organs and he's sampling some gospel songs? But no, he's it's the vibe of it is like actually gospel. Then there's Lord, I Need You, which also features the Sunday service choir. Um, So there's a a singer named Brianna Babineau. She's a contemporary gospel artist. She became popular when she started posting singing videos on YouTube around 2014. In 2015, she posted a video of her singing a song called Make Me Over Again. It's a beautiful worship song, and Kanye's Sunday service choir covers her YouTube video of the song. 
um, as the prime melody for Lord, I Need You. Their take on it is also incredible, and it serves as a great backdrop for Kanye's sincere verses reflecting on his relationship with Kim Kardashian. This song easily could have been in the personal vulnerable category as well with, um, you know, how he really gets into um, his relationship with Kim. It's a dope song. And then finally in the gospel category is New Again, also featuring the Sunday Service Choir. Um, He literally, um, Chris Brown used to be in this song, but I, I literally think during the week, that I was listening to this, I think he removed him from it because I feel like earlier in the week, Chris Brown was definitely on it. And then later in the week, he was gone. And I thought I thought I imagined Chris Brown. But anyway, while this song isn't really gospel by the lyrics, you know, there are a few song, a few lines about repenting. This makes the gospel category because of the way the Sunday service choir sings Make Me New Again. Um, it's incredibly heavenly and could easily be on a gospel album. Um, And like I said, all of the gospel songs I like on this project are because of the Sunday Service Choir. Um, Like, I think I just want a gospel album from them without Kanye. And from what I hear, he put out an album. They put out an album in, uh, I think, last year called Jesus is Born. Actually, it might have been Christmas of 2019, um, which is just them singing, um, just singing gospel songs and some covers of R&B songs. Um, and so that's what I need, to be honest. (laughs) The Sunday service choir is dope. Um, so I guess props to Kanye for removing Chris Brown from the final version of this song, although I'm sure that had less to do with Chris Brown's troubled past and more because Chris Brown called Kanye a hoe on social media after his verse got cut during one of the listening sessions, but either or. Um, and then there's the personal and vulnerable category. The first song in this category is Jesus Lord featuring Jay Electronica. It's quite possibly the most personal song on the album. Kanye really allowed himself to go deep for this one. The song is nine minutes long and consists of four parts. There's the chorus where Kanye sings, tell me if you know someone that needs Jesus Lord. There's a 64 bar Kanye verse where in the first half he reflects on his mother's death, his divorce to Kim, his mental health, drugs and more. And in the second half, he tells a gripping story about a boy who became a statistic and how that affected his family. It's incredible writing and rapping from Kanye. Then there's the Jay Electronica verse. And this nigga is always rapping on some intellectual religious shit. And it honestly sounds at home on this album. And then there's a long outro from Larry Hoover Jr., thanking Kanye for trying to get Trump to get his father, Larry Hoover, the founder of the Gangster Disciples in Chicago, out of prison. Despite the Trump of it all, it's a touching story from Larry Hoover Jr. about his father and how long he's been in prison. It also gives the theorists who think that Kanye performed all these Trump antics to spark real change. It gives them something to chew on. But at the same time, wasn't it all for nothing because he couldn't actually get Larry Hoover out of jail? I don't know. Food for thought. Um, the next song is Come to Life. Um, and the last song in the personal category, actually. This song honestly could belong to the gospel, the soundscapes, and the personal categories. The production and arrangement is such a beautiful listen. And once the piano keys get louder and start to expand and scale and layering, the production sounds like it could be the trailer music for a mega church. 
Um, like there's literally like people speaking in tongues in the background of the production. But I place this into the personal category because of Kanye's touching reflections on his marriage to Kim and how he feels now that their relationship has deteriorated. Like he sings about not wanting to die alone and missing her. Like Kanye has not allowed himself to sound this vulnerable on a record since 808s and Heartbreak, an album he made after his mom passed. So it's kind of fitting that he did so on the album following the end of his next closest relationship after Donda. And that's with Kim. So that's come to life. And that that's the I think that was 14. That's 14 songs out of the 27 that, you know, kind of stuck with me, you know, for production value, for the features, for the gospel aspect of it all, because I think he actually did do a good job um, of making gospel music. So Donda comes to us as a hip hop gospel album for real this time, unlike when he called the life of Pablo that. And the gospel is like real gospel. As someone raised in a black Christian church, I was impressed with how well Donda honors gospel music. And it seems to build greatly on what seemed like more of a fleeting experiment on Jesus is King. Most of Kanye's lyrics on the album are religious and about his relationship with God. He's actually stopped cursing in his songs and he required his collaborators to do the same. So Donda is completely clean. Understandably, an additional need from Kanye for an album representing his mother. But I think one of the weirdest things about the album was the lack of Donda. From what I read, there was a lot more Donda vocal samples and clips in earlier versions of the album. But in the final product, she's only present for maybe a few minutes. Although maybe Kanye is representing her in the many songs addressing the way she's molded him into the man he's become. Um, I hear the influences of every single previous Kanye album on Donda, but more so everything from Yeezus moving forward with sprinkles of his first five albums. You know, this summer in hip hop really became about Kanye versus Drake, Donda versus Certified Lover Boy. And interestingly enough, although they're completely different albums, they suffer from some of the same issues. Donda is way too long, 27 songs in an hour and 48 minute runtime. Like Certified Lover Boy, I think there's a great 13 to 15 song album in Donda. But as Drake and Kanye were trying to win a streaming war with each other, there's no way we'd get that album. There's no way the album could even be cohesive with that many tracks jumping back and forth between styles. Both albums could have used more women collaborators, specifically rappers. And from two of the biggest artists in the world, there's no excuse, to be honest. But Donda also suffers from some Kanye-specific issues. The album sounds very unfinished. I don't know if he was rushing to beat Drake to release the album or not, but there are a number of songs that just sound too raw. A prime example is Tell the Vision, a version of the same song that was featured on Pop Smoke's most recent posthumous album, uh, Faith. Kanye featured Pop Smoke's portion of the song, but it literally sounds like Pop Smoke is rapping from the dead. The audio quality is not great. It's almost as if he recorded a recording of the original song. And, you know, I think we let Kanye get away with a lot because his genius or art or whatever. But this album needed more time. Like he's literally still changing the album. Like I said, it had me thinking I was going crazy because it changed this week, like in, in the middle of like listening to it. And then there's the fact there's the DaBaby and the Marilyn Manson of it all. So DaBaby and Marilyn Manson are on the album. They attended the Chicago listening session. DaBaby, who was barely a month removed from his homophobic remarks at Rolling Loud and the insensitivity and lack of remorse that followed, and Marilyn Manson, who was literally in the middle of civil lawsuits and being investigated for sexual and emotional abuse and violence. 
on the remix of a song where the chorus is guess who's going to jail tonight so like there was the original jail song with jay-z that's the second song on the album and then at the end of the album he tacked on like three remixes or part twos of songs that are already in the album you know probably collaborations that he just had to fit on there and you know Kanye's not an idiot man he's far from it he's never cared what people think and that shows here this is nothing more than capitalizing off people's pain straight up like that's what it is um and you know he, he released all those text messages about how he had to get baby on the album because baby was one of the people who said he would vote for him and it's like come on like these antics this is this is it like these antics are what make his albums not worth the trouble for me personally like no matter how good or how serviceable the music is Kanye clearly hasn't learned enough in his walk with Jesus to be a good person when the public is watching and it's really a shame You know, personally, I've been waiting to hear Kanye apologize to the public about all the grandstanding and the hurt that he caused communities over the past half decade. You know, and then I remembered that Kanye loves to apologize through his music, like the public apologies aren't his thing. I mean, that's what my beautiful dark twisted fantasy was, right? A grand apology and explanation after the infamous VMA incident. But Donda, it doesn't do that either. And if anything, it kind of muddies the waters on whether Kanye regrets any of the stuff that he's done over the past five years. And that's that's what makes it difficult. You know, like the baby and the Marilyn Manson thing, like, is, is there really any explanation? Like, you're, you're living in the same world that we're in. You know exactly what's happening with DaBaby and Marilyn Manson and the timing of it all. Like It's almost as if you you included DaBaby because of what DaBaby did. And like that's just not that's just not the right thing to do, Kanye. Like not everything needs to be um, for shock value. You know, it's, it's like he makes some decisions regardless on whether we react positively or negatively to them he just wants the the shock of of like people talking about it you know that's what it seems and nah that's not good enough that's not good enough um so that's what i thought of donda you know i did have 13 or 14 songs that it was like okay these are worth mentioning i think if you want to forget all the other songs on that album i think that's I think that makes sense. I think these 14 are the ones that, you know, really, really left me left me with something to like walk away with. But at the same time, am I going to continue to listen to this album? No. And and just to let's just get this on the record, because like I said, it's been about Drake versus Kanye and Donda versus CLB. And so everybody's been saying, like, which album is better, Donda or Certified Loverboy? And, you know, they're honestly, like I mentioned before, they both have their issues. But they're the good things about the albums are good for different are good for different reasons. Like like Drake, Drake's album is an album that has more hits like like I'm going to go back to Drake's album more just because he has so many more songs that just like 
I just like want to want to listen to. Kanye's album, of course, is more artistic. Um, and the gospel songs that he put on Donda, I'm for sure going to listen to. Um, but all of the antics that come with Kanye's really it's, it's really to the detriment of the music. And, you know, before, like I mentioned before, the music wasn't worth the antics. So it was just like it wasn't even a conversation. It was like, well, this man's out here talking about scoopity boop, but doop and, and whatnot. And, and and he's putting on the red cap like it's over for you. But, you know, everybody's been talking about Donda and how, oh, like Kanye's, you know, he's he's rapping again. And oh, the production and wow, the choirs and stuff. And yeah, that's true. But he's just doing that with more antics underneath and on top. And it's still not worth it. Um, So for me personally, I'm going to be I'm going to still be rocking Certified Lover Boy. I'm going to be listening to and and you heard the Certified Lover Boy episode from a couple of weeks ago. I'm not listening to all those songs either. Every time I revisit Certified Lover Boy, I start at Poppy's home and then I skip around until I get like to like get along better or the remorse like i'm not listening to that entire album either um but at least there's no antics when it comes to to drake like i don't have to worry about all of this this bs you know what i mean but anyway that's donda i spent my last week listening to uh donda the album really is an hour and 48 minutes long like i if you haven't listened to it, I behoove, like, I, I beg you, do not listen to that entire album. <laughs> like, just don't. It's not, it's not worth it. It's not worth it. Just just find find those songs and, and pop them in. Hopefully these categories helped you. If you, if you just want to hear some hip-hop Kanye, then you got those four. If you want to hear, you know, some gospel Kanye, then you got three songs there, too. Um but yeah, that is it for this week's episode. Um, next week is the 200th episode of Thinking Outside the Boombox. Um, that's crazy. It's very exciting. Um, so I think I think I did this for the 100th episode, but I think I'm going to do a clip show next week, um, which is essentially I'm going to round up uh, some of my favorite moments uh, from episode 101 to now. And kind of like put them together into like a best of from the last 100 episodes. And then that'll be the episode next week. Um, And then other than that, I'll be back live the week after that with episode 201. But yeah, thank you for being on this ride with me. You already know what it is. You can find me on Instagram, Facebook and Twitter at TOTB, the podcast. Thinking outside the boombox dot com is the website. Uh, subscribe rate and review wherever you listen to podcasts and yeah this has been thinking outside the boombox your number one source for hip-hop and r&b news peace deserves the best and there's no better place to shop for mother's day than whole foods market they're your destination for unbeatable savings from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts start by saving 33 with prime on all body care and candles then get a 15 stem bunch of tulips for just 9.99 each with prime round out mom's menu with festive rosé irresistible berry chantilly cake and more special treats come celebrate mother's day at whole foods market 
Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince? They exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hey, folks, I'm Mark Marin from the WTF Podcast, and this episode is brought to you by Kleenex Ultrasoft Tissues, your ally to help tackle your allergy symptoms this season. I love the change of seasons, but nobody loves pollen and all those other things floating in the air that make you sneeze during this nice weather. Kleenex Ultrasoft Tissues are hypoallergenic and allergist-approved, so fight back against watery eyes and runny noses without worrying about irritating your skin. For this allergy season, grab Kleenex and face allergies head-on.